March 3, 1876, was a quiet afternoon in Olympia Springs, Kentucky. Two hunters had just come out of the woods empty-handed when they heard the news. Mary and Alan Crouch had received a windfall. There was plenty of meat to be had on their farm. But when the hunters arrived at the Crouch's farm, they didn't find fell deer or even quail or rabbits. Instead, they found a literal windfall. Mary Crouch stood in her yard, surrounded by chunks of raw meat. Bewildered, Mary claimed the bloody viscera had fallen from the sky. She explained she was boiling animal fat in the yard to make soap when squishy pink pieces of flesh began plopping onto the ground. The hunters made their way through the crowd of curious friends and neighbors. Intrigued, one of them bent down and picked up a piece of meat. The spectators gasped as the man raised the sinewy fillet to his mouth and took a bite. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Unexplained Mysteries for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar. Today we have a special one-part episode on the Kentucky Meat Shower, a freak incident from 1876 where a reported hundreds of pounds of raw meat inexplicably fell from the sky. We'll examine some of the leading theories that attempt to explain this flurry of flesh. Some believed strange swelling bacteria were to blame. Others thought it could have been dropped on the farm by birds. And still others asserted it came from outer space. The downpour piqued the interest of Americans at a time when scientists were just beginning to investigate natural phenomena. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, 
you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The town of Olympia Springs is located in Bath County, Kentucky, a part of the state's bluegrass region featuring meadows of grazing horses and picturesque country roads. Olympia Springs has never had a population greater than a thousand. And all in all, nothing much ever happened there. That is, until one cool spring day in 1876. On March 3rd, housewife Mary Crouch was standing in her yard about 40 steps from the farmhouse she shared with her husband, Alan. She was boiling cow and sheep fat down to a hard substance called tallow, which she then planned to make into soap. The weather was perfectly cool for such a sweaty chore. In a later interview with local reporters, Mary said there was a light wind coming from the west, but the sky was clear and the sun was shining brightly. But just before noon, Mary heard strange, wet plopping sounds. They were coming from the area immediately around the farmhouse. She looked up at the sky, but she couldn't see anything. Not even a cloud. Just an open expanse of blue. Then, Mary looked around. To her horror, Mary could see small pieces of raw, bloody meat falling across her property. They made slapping noises as they hit the ground. The chunks flopped onto the grass and draped over fence posts. For a full 10 minutes, Mary watched, stunned, as the meat fell across her farm. She even had to duck to avoid being hit by the viscera. When the deluge finally stopped, Mary cautiously inspected the ragged pieces. To her, they appeared to be some sort of beef. She later reported that most of the cuts measured around two inches square, but some were up to four inches square. Mary told reporters, The largest piece that I saw was as long as my hand and about a half an inch wide. All told, the meat carpeted an area of roughly 5,000 square yards at the Crouch Farm, about the size of a football field. Initially, Mary thought it was some kind of sign from God. She said she was impressed with the conviction that it was either a miracle or a warning. But before Mary could ponder what this miracle meant, something odd caught her attention. It was her barn cat. The feline padded up to a piece of flesh that lay on the ground and smelled it hesitantly. Then it took a bite. Apparently, the cat enjoyed the meat. It gorged itself on the mystery filet without getting sick. When Mary showed her husband, Alan, he was astounded. Both were afraid to touch the meat, leaving it strewn about their property until they could decide what to do. Before long, word spread. Bath County neighbors streamed to the Crouch's farm to see the strange phenomenon. By the time many witnesses saw it, the pieces had dried up and taken on a jerky-like texture. According to eyewitnesses, the meat chunks were composed of a mix of red flesh, white sinew, and connective tissue, just as one might see in a cut of meat at the butcher's. They said there was enough to fill a horse wagon. To put this in perspective, 
A two-horse wagon could probably hold up to 2,000 pounds of mystery meat. Two hunters heard the news and visited the farm themselves. Both tasted the jerky and thought it tasted like venison from a deer or mutton, the meat of an older sheep. Another man named Benjamin Ellington was sure the chunks came from a different animal. He reportedly said, This meat that fell from the heavens on Alan Crouch's farm has got the uncommon greasy feel that I am so well acquainted with. I know bear grease when I see it. Gentlemen, it's bear meat certain, or else my name is not Benjamin Franklin Ellington. A curious local butcher also decided to taste the meat. He said it tasted neither like flesh, fish, or fowl. No one could explain where the meat had come from or what exactly it was. And according to most sources, Mary was the only person present when the flesh rained down. So the first theory explaining the shower came from Mary herself. Mary allegedly said she had a terrifying thought as she saw the viscera falling from the sky. She thought it was shredded pieces of her husband, Alan, and their child. She said her first instinct was that some kind of disaster or accident had killed them and chopped them up. Then, wind had picked up the pieces, causing them to rain from the sky. Thankfully, that theory was false. Her husband, Alan, and their son had come home safe and sound when they heard the news. Still, the question remained, where did the meat come from? Ultimately, Olympia Springs officials sent samples to different researchers and universities. As they waited, word of the incident spread. The shower captured the imagination of a country that was in the throes of reconstruction after the Civil War and just entering the industrial era. Even the New York Times ran a story. One Times journalist, William Livingston Alden, offered several theories. One of these was that the meat shower had come from a strange coincidence of events. A tornado and a knife fight. Coming up, we'll hear some of the wild theories surrounding the Kentucky meat shower. Hey, Parcasters. Looking for a more lighthearted listen? Then I've got the perfect podcast for you. The new Spotify original from Parcast called Incredible Feats. Hosted by comedian and podcaster Dan Cummins, Incredible Feats is a daily show spotlighting true accounts of mind-blowing physical strength, mental focus, and bizarre behavior. Join Dan every weekday as he goes behind the scenes and into the achievements of everyone from freedivers and body modifiers to ultramarathoners and moms. Incredible Feats is offbeat entertainment that's sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, and always surprising. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. 
On March 3rd, 1876, as much as 2,000 pounds of meat fell from an otherwise clear sky onto Mary and Alan Crouch's farm in Olympia Springs, Kentucky. The Crouches and other locals were baffled. Some had even tasted the meat and guessed that it belonged to a deer, sheep, or bear. Rumors swirled about what could have caused such a strange shower. One of the more off-kilter ideas was that the meat was not just any meat. It was human flesh. New York Times columnist William Livingston Alden put forth several theories. One of these was that a tornado had coincided with a knife fight. The idea was that a person had been cut to bits in a fight. Then, their remains were carried off by a tornado and deposited over the Crouch Farm. It was a sensational theory, but there weren't any reports of a knife fight on the days surrounding the meat shower. Besides, according to eyewitness accounts, at least several hundred pounds of meat fell on the Crouch Farm that day, much more than a single human body, or even three or four, could have produced. It's more likely that Alden from the New York Times was joking. He could have easily been feeding into his Eastern audience's views that Kentucky was backwater, a place where people engaged in silly squabbles and were carried off by a freak natural disaster. Alden's next theory seemed more serious, but it was arguably more wild than knife fights and tornadoes. He speculated that people were having trouble identifying the meat because it wasn't like any flesh they'd ever seen before. Alden wondered if it wasn't cosmical meat, in other words, alien flesh. The columnist wrote, according to the present theory of astronomers, an enormous belt of meteoric stones constantly revolves around the sun and when the Earth comes in contact with this, she is soundly pelted. Alden then argued that alien meat could have fallen to Earth in the same way as meteors, and that the meat was the product of extraterrestrial livestock like cows or sheep. When the Earth came too close to those other worlds, they could pelt the Earth with their otherworldly animals, just like the sun did with its meteor belt. Surprisingly, this claim seemed to resonate with many of the people who'd seen the meat on the Crouch Farm. They noted that the meat pieces didn't contain bones, which could have been because extraterrestrial livestock didn't have skeletons. A similar theory came from Charles Fort's The Book of the Damned, published decades later in 1919. Fort was a writer and researcher who collected and analyzed stories of strange phenomena and unexplained happenings. His book helped popularize the account of the Kentucky Meat Shower and the extraterrestrial explanation. In Fort's case, he thought that the sky was gelatinous. He theorized that what fell in the Crouch's yard were claggy pieces of the heavens, Fort and others like him postulated that a meteor had crossed into Earth's atmosphere, scattering jelly-like pieces of sky across the ground. Of course, even if this was possible, Fort's theory wouldn't even hold up from an atmospheric standpoint. Scientists in the 20th century would discover that the Earth's atmosphere is made of 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and about 1% argon. 
This gaseous makeup is very different from the gelatinous substance Fort described. At the time, however, Americans were fascinated by the potentially cosmic origins of the meat shower, given that they knew so little about outer space. When the meat fell in Olympia Springs in 1876, people were aware of the galaxy beyond Earth and just beginning to ponder the existence of life on other worlds. But they didn't possess the scientific knowledge to understand whether alien flesh could reach our planet, if aliens even existed to begin with. No one had even used the term Martian to describe a living being. That wouldn't happen until a couple of years later, when a mistranslation of Italian astronomer Giovanni Scaparelli left other astronomers searching for canals on Mars. While some were intrigued by these outer space rumors, others believed in a much more sensible theory. They wondered if the shower might have come from an anomalous type of weather known as a water spout. A water spout occurs when a tornado forms over a body of water. The twister sucks up moisture and transports it from one place to another, essentially dumping the water in a new location. At times, water spouts can pick up other material, like small fish or frogs. This seemed like a plausible explanation, since Olympia Springs was on the edge of Dixie Alley, a region in the southern United States that experiences more cyclones than the rest of the country. Dixie Alley's tornado season runs from around March to May. So March 3rd, the date of the Kentucky meat shower, was just at the start of this period. Residents of Olympia Springs wondered if perhaps a twister had formed near a slaughterhouse or butcher shop, picking up cuts of meat. Then it approached Olympia Springs, where it pelted the Crouch's farm with ripped up pieces of steak. But according to eyewitnesses, the twister theory was easily impossible. Mary Crouch and others from Olympia Springs could attest that there wasn't a tornado in sight on March 3rd. The sky had been decidedly clear and blue. In the meantime, fascination with the meat shower grew. People were eager for answers. And with the storm making national headlines, scientists across the country soon got involved. Multiple samples of the meat were distributed to different labs up and down the East Coast. Scientists from Boston to Brooklyn examined the specimens, trying to understand where they came from. And three months after the meat fall, scientist Leopold Brandius analyzed the specimens. Brandius published his findings in The Sanitarian. He claimed the matter was not flesh at all, but something he called Nostoc. Nostoc is a real organism. It's a type of cyanobacteria, a photosynthetic bacteria that becomes visible when it gathers into bead-like filaments and forms large colonies. Together, these colonies make up gelatinous, irregular masses known as Nostoc. It's also known by other more colorful names, such as star jelly, witch's butter, and star slubber. Nostoc is barely visible when dry, but it quickly enlarges with moisture. In the case of the Kentucky meat shower, Brandius theorized that rain had soaked some Nostoc, causing it to swell. 
People then mistook the jelly-like masses for meat. Brandius stated the Nostoc found at the farm probably tasted like frog or spring chicken legs. He even said it is greedily devoured by almost all domestic animals. His theory isn't too far-fetched. There are flesh-colored types of Nostoc, which could be mistaken for meat. However, most Nostoc species look distinctively green and jelly-like, nothing like the apparent meat chunks on the Crouch Farm. In addition, for Nostoc to swell, it would require water. And again, it was explicitly reported that the skies were clear on the day of the meat shower. It was also noted that the ground was spattered with flecks of blood, definitely not something that could come from Nostock. And when compared to history, the story of the Kentucky meat shower actually wasn't one of a kind. In the first century CE, ancient Roman author Pliny the Elder wrote about meat falling from the sky. Records also indicate there was a meat shower in Liguria, Italy, some 1,500 years later, in 1456, and one in France in 1552. And another similar phenomenon has occurred across the globe since the beginnings of civilization. It's known as blood rain. Blood rain occurs when the raindrops that fall on the ground are the color red. People have written about these sorts of storms as far back as ancient Greece. And in a passage from the Iliad, the author Homer mentions a red-colored rain shower he says was caused by Zeus. Blood rains weren't limited to ancient societies. Allegedly, they occurred in the United States during the mid-19th century. And in the 1840s and 50s alone, there were red showers in Tennessee and North Carolina. By 1876, Americans were well aware of Southern bloodfalls, as they were called. Since then, blood rain has been proven to be rainwater filled with a type of microalgae that makes the droplets appear red. Of course, Americans in the mid-1800s didn't know this. By and large, they were used to hearing of unexplained phenomena like blood rain and the meat shower. Without advanced science to help them, they were quick to create their own explanations. But these theories were never conclusive. Mary and Alan Crouch never found out just what had caused that strange day in March of 1876. Then, in the 21st century, one man decided to tackle the mystery from a different angle. Coming up, a modern-day artist revives a gross theory. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bell one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 12-31-24. Excludes tax must update to rewards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back to the story. 
A host of theories emerged after the Kentucky meat shower on March 3, 1876. Journalists and scientists attempted to explain the bizarre event, naming everything from knife fights to alien livestock. Ultimately, the mystery remained unsolved and even forgotten well into the 21st century. But in 2007, a chance discovery brought the case back into the spotlight. In October of 2007, artist Kurt Gody stood in a crowd at the Kentucky Court Days Fair in the town of Mount Sterling. He announced to passers-by that he had an amazing experience that would take them back in time. If they were brave enough, he'd give them a taste of the Kentucky Meat Shower of 1876. As an artist, Godey was interested in interactive experiences. He decided that the best way to immerse people in the 1876 meat shower would be to give them an actual taste of the mystery fillets. So he commissioned a Cincinnati candy maker to manufacture jelly beans that he claimed were the exact flavor profile of the mysterious meat. One person who tried the jelly beans at court days said that they tasted like strawberry-flavored pork chops. Another said the flavor was like raw bacon. Godey himself said the taste was of heavily sugared bacon with a metal aftertaste. This wasn't a money trap. Godey's jelly beans were the culmination of years of obsessive research into this one phenomenon. Three years earlier, in 2004, Godey moved to Lexington, Kentucky to teach art at Transylvania University. There he took an interest in local history, purchasing a book about Kentucky weather phenomena. This is how he stumbled onto the Kentucky meat shower. Instantly, Godey was fascinated. He became obsessed with solving the mystery of what the meat was. And soon enough, he received his first clue. According to Godey, he was perusing Transylvania University's archives one day when he happened upon an old mason jar with a half-torn label. He was still able to make out two words on the handwritten label. It said, Olympia Springs. Inside the glass, he saw what looked like uncooked bacon in pickling liquid. Godey instantly believed the jar contained a rare original meat sample from the famous incident. He had the specimen tested, but unfortunately, it was too degraded to determine the chemical makeup. Still, Godey used his accidental find as a jumping-off point for his own investigation. He dove into historical research and media archives to see if he couldn't find a definitive explanation for the specimen in the jar. In the process, he discovered that the most serious scientists investigating the shower back in 1876 did, in fact, believe the meat was from some kind of common animal. Dr. A. Mead Edwards of the Newark Scientific Association had declared that it was likely a horse's lung tissue. He even said that it could have come from a human infant. Dr. J. W. S. Arnold had also studied the specimens in the American Journal of Microscopy and Popular Science, he concluded that the chunks consisted of some kind of animal cartilage and respiratory matter. Of the seven samples collected, 19th century scientists had determined that two were from the lungs, three were muscle tissue, and two were cartilage. 
According to Godey, one of these samples must have ended up in the bowels of Transylvania University's archives, waiting for him to rediscover it. Since Godey's meat sample was too deteriorated to decipher its chemical makeup, his next step was more unorthodox. He sent the meat to a taste lab in Cincinnati. There, scientists analyzed flavor compounds from the sample and created jelly beans with the same taste. Godey hoped that by recording different people's thoughts on the meat's flavor, he could figure out what animal it came from. Unfortunately, his taste-testing volunteers weren't able to identify the source of the meat. But as he became more engrossed in solving the mystery, he did stumble across an old theory. One that was both plausible and somewhat disgusting. Godey read that a farmer in nearby Ohio in 1876 believed the fragments could have been vulture vomit. This theory appeared again in that year's edition of the Louisville Medical News. A doctor named L.D. Kastenbein had blamed the meat shower on the disgorgement of some vultures. This theory holds scientific weight. Two species of vulture would have been living in Kentucky at the time of the meat shower, the black vulture and the turkey vulture. Like most vultures, both species are carnivores, and they can eat up to one-fourth of their weight in one sitting, since they don't know when they'll find their next meal. That's a pound of food per four-pound bird. After they gorge themselves, these birds need to rest and digest for a while. But if something startles them and they need to fly away quickly, they may vomit their food in order to lighten their load. They can even throw up at the same time they're taking off into flight. Both the black and turkey vultures are known to travel in flocks of several hundred. These groups can fly up to 20,000 feet in the air, making them nearly impossible to see as they fly overhead. As for the sheer volume of vomit, vulture behavioralists note that occasionally, when one bird throws up, the whole flock will vomit. The word for this is echophenomena, meaning to imitate another's actions automatically. This behavior is found all over the animal kingdom. Even humans are more likely to do things like puke or yawn if we see another person do so. In 1876, some proposed that the fat Mary was boiling gave off a smell that could have attracted vultures to her farm. Then, something startled the birds, causing them to vomit and fly away. Of course, this could have hardly been the case. If hundreds of vultures were on Mary's property, she could have easily seen the birds, especially if they began throwing up during takeoff. Others believe the vultures could have eaten strychnine, a poison used during the 19th century to target coyotes and other livestock predators. Perhaps this was what caused them to vomit. In any case, it's plausible that hundreds of pounds of vulture vomit could rain from the sky during a 10-minute increment. This might have been exactly what happened over the Crouch's farm, but as plausible as this theory sounds today, it didn't get too much traction back in 1876. This may simply be because information spread more slowly in those days. Apparently, the hypothesis didn't receive a lot of investigation or mention, likely because it missed the initial press sensation. As months passed, 
curiosity about the meat shower faded. Kurt Gody feels this lack of sustained interest was emblematic of the era. He remarked to the Lexington Herald-Leader, it's kind of the result of a time period where people were okay wondering and not necessarily having to solve everything. In the 19th century, a flock of vultures inexplicably puking was not that far-fetched from any other explanation. Like a tornado shaking up a butcher's shop, globby green bacteria, or gelatinous pieces of sky. Even the flesh of alien livestock would have held more intrigue and about as much plausibility as any other theory going around. This was a time when blood rain was common and inexplicable. Tornadoes seemed like acts of God. And the very first thought in Mary Crouch's mind on seeing the pieces of meat was that she was receiving some sort of sign from above. People were used to grappling with the phenomena of life without ever knowing the true facts. The sort of science that would be used today to examine a strange shower of meat was still out of reach. In the end, we'll never know just what caused the Kentucky meat shower. To this day, Mary is the only eyewitness for the actual event. We either have to believe that she couldn't see the vultures flying tens of thousands of feet above, or that she simply wasn't looking hard enough. Or maybe the explanation isn't vultures after all. Maybe the answer is best left the same way as history books have depicted the Kentucky meat shower for decades. A complete and total mystery. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back on Thursday with a new episode on the WOW signal, an unexplained radio signal some believe to be the first alien transmission ever detected. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Unexplained Mysteries, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Unexplained Mysteries on Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Marina Cato Hogue, with writing assistance by Allie Wicker and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Listeners, you don't want to miss Incredible Feats, the all-new Spotify original from Parcast. Host Dan Cummins free-falls straight into the weirdest, wildest achievements of all time. New episodes air every weekday. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.